back from the Hall of Fame. It is a clerical error. I don't know how I managed my way in, but I did, and I'm back. Give you a travel journal on what I was able to see, what I was able to learn, and how inspiring the weekend was. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network. Presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112. I can't believe it. I refuse to understand how they allowed me in any of these buildings, but it was amazing. It was incredible to see all of the honorees out there. From the first night where you're at the Mohegan Sun, this is one part of Connecticut on the other side of the place where you're going to go the next day. Then, you're at the Mohegan Sun, it's a casino. And in this big event hall, you're hearing stories from Holly Rowe, who is a hero, a giant in this space, and a deserved enshrinee to the Hall of Fame. I can't believe she's a colleague. I can't believe you guys at the Utah Jazz get to watch her on the broadcast. She's only poured her heart and soul into basketball. So Holly goes. Then Mark Spears is there. One of the best writers of the generation. Bill Raftery. A video on Tom Konchowski, who, if you are a big basketball sicko like me, you know that name because he's historic for his scouting services. He's getting this honor posthumously. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book. And he did it for forever. He was one of the big scouts on the East Coast who would find places for players, even if you weren't a five-star. If you were trying to find a lower-level division place to go, he'd, he'd match you with the right coach and get that coach to recruit you. That. And then you go to the honorees from the day. I'm going to talk about Dwayne Wade, the 1976 Olympic women's basketball team that featured Lucy Harris, Holly. But, like, Gary Blair has his own story. He coached Dennis Rodman and went on to an incredible career in women's basketball. Jim Valvano got honored. Jimmy V, the inspiration that is NC State, and the inspiration for cancer survivors that is Jimmy V. He was honored, and his family was there. Gene Cady of Purdue. I was able to sit by him during the press conferences and thank him for being a college basketball coach because shout-out college basketball, man. It's incredible. I want you to hear my instant reaction to all of this, to go for the Mohegan Sun all the way to Springfield, Mass, the other side of the state, sitting in a car, thinking about all these players, thinking about all their stories, thinking about Dwayne Wade. He's one of the finest shooting guards in the history of the game. His 2009 ranks up there with anybody, any season you want to pull, scoring 30 points per game on 50% shooting, going to the line nearly 10 times. He didn't do it with the three-pointer. He did it in the paint. 
He did it in the mid-range. He did it with footwork, with guile, with the substance and flash of South Florida's finest. So yeah, this weekend was very inspiring. And I hope you take the time. I'm going to link them in the story of this on utahjazz.com of the speeches. And I truly encourage you to watch them because you'll learn, you'll laugh, you'll cry. And to paraphrase Jimmy V, that's a good day. So enjoy Travelog from the East Coast, the Basketball Hall of Fame. I was there to cover it for Holly. Be on the lookout for something more long form that's coming out in the next couple of weeks about this experience. We were able to follow around, talk to people who work with her, feel the excitement of Hall of Fame weekend. I got to catch up with Nancy Lieberman, one of the best women's basketball players of all time, a point guard that played in Utah Summer League in pro-ams down here. And I talked to her about Lucy Harris. You know, for someone like me, who's a basketball geek, who thinks of himself as a basketball historian, putting that in the biggest quotes ever, this is a cool weekend. And I hope you enjoy something different. Instant reactions coming off of the events and how much fun I had and how much I learned. So without further ado, it's me on Roundball Roundup on utahjazz.com. So in 2015, I called Doris one night and I was terrified because I learned that what I thought had been a simple tumor to be removed was now metastatic stage four cancer. And I was scared, but Doris was my teammate that night. And she said, you know what? You need to call the V Foundation. Carol Stiff made that call. How do you thank women for saving your life? They helped me get into a clinical trial that is um, groundbreaking immunotherapy that has saved my life and is why I'm standing before you today. Thank you, Doris, Carol. These cancer years have been super hard. Um, I remember the doctor telling me, pay attention to the time that you're spending, how you're living your life. And I'm like, oh, that's his awkward way of telling me we're not sure how much time you have left. So I closed my eyes and I tried to imagine my life. What would it look like? And I was already living it. I would be going to games. I told you I'm psychotic. And I would be spending time with my son and my family. My, my sports passion kept me going through that really dark, dark time. And I would show up to work with my chemo pick in my arm, trying to figure out a dress I could wear so that they couldn't see my, my stuff on TV. Um, but I had to be there because I had to interview Diana Trazzi for her first game back after sitting out of the W for a year. Or I had to go to work with drains stitched into my side so I could be there for Kansas, Texas to clinch a Big 12 championship. During this time, Rebecca Lobo, Ryan Rucco are my dear, dear friends, and they've had to put up with me in just some of the hardest times of my life. I've been cranky. I haven't felt well for five years, and you guys have put up with a lot, and I thank you. Okay, I'm going to try something a little different right now, and I'm going to make a like travel vlog from the Hall of Fame because... Here, covering it for Holly Celebration, and also Dwayne Wade, minority owner in the Utah Jazz. But Holly Rowe, uh, she got honored tonight at the Hall of Fame Enshrinement tip-off celebration and awards gala. I just got back to the hotel from the Mohegan Sun, where this is taking place at. And Holly Rowe is an inspiration. 
for what she does for Utah, jazz, for women's basketball, for women's sports in general. She is everything you want in a reporter, journalist, analyst. I came out of this celebration for Holly for the entirety of the events, because this weekend, it's just Friday, and I've already absorbed and felt so much for these players, for these people, for these coaches. Let me start at the, at the beginning of the day, because it starts with, coverage of it at least, starts with the press conferences that happen for the Hall of Famers. And these players, it's a stacked class. It's Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, Greg Popovich, Pau Gasol, Becky Hammond. It's stacked. So already and immediately, you really appreciate, one, the careers of these players. Dwayne is a legend. I can't believe that he's involved with the Utah Jazz. Someone who has championships, MVPs in the finals, three times over. He was on the most popular team in the entire world from a basketball standpoint in the middle 2010s. That Heat team is trying to be reformed with Phoenix, tried to be reformed in Golden State, Brooklyn. That was one of one. And the reactions that people had to that team are over the top. And I don't think I'll ever live in a time where the heat of that era will ever be replicated. Because it's LeBron. It's Chris Bosh. It's Dwayne Wade. These were heroes and villains, depending on which side of, of the spectrum you landed on. And for Dwayne to be involved with the Utah Jazz of all teams and getting into ownership and leadership and transforming not only player power into professional power is transformational for a basketball career. Somebody asked him, what's it like to be the first player to be homegrown from the Miami Heat to making the Hall of Fame? And he says, I like being the first. He's going to be the first person from the Heat who was drafted by that team to go to the Hall of Fame. He's the first Marquette guy to go to the Hall of Fame as well. He likes being first. And him getting into ownership and taking that for real power is everything you, you see from these really transformational athletes. LeBron's going to own a team. And who paved the way for him? It's these guys. It's Dwayne. It's Grant Hill in Atlanta. It's all these players who have already done it. So that was really cool to see Dwayne get his recognition in the press conference and what he did. Really cool. And then you look at the other honorees and they are legends in their own right. They're going to be honoring the 1976 U.S. Women's Olympic team. First U.S. Women's Olympic team in the history of the program, right? Because it's women's sports before 
1976 for 1980 in this country wasn't really recognized. It was brushed aside. It wasn't even involved in the NCAA. NCAA didn't want it. Then they realized they could make money off of it, so then they bring it into fold. But the 1976 team won a silver medal in their Olympics. And who was on that team? Lucy Harris, who was drafted by the Utah Jazz as the first female athlete drafted in the NBA. And it was a gag back then. It was a gag put on by New Orleans to try and drum up publicity. But reading about Lucy, learning about her story, learning that her team this year is going to be honored, she's a legend. She was, at that point, Grace Wiz basketball player of her era. She was it. And she led that team to the silver medal at a Delta State and to the point where she was winning every single national championship. She was winning player of the years. She was winning scoring titles. Like She was everything for women's basketball. And to see that group be honored and talk to somebody who actually saw Lucy play is kind of wild. really is. And that those press conferences, those moments, it all led up to tonight, which was the enshrinement celebration and awards gala that I just came back from. Holly Rowe, with her speech, is unreal. Can't believe, and I, I must take it for granted, that I get to work alongside her. I get to call her a colleague. She's only the biggest sports broadcaster on the female side in the world. I can't really come up with many sports broadcasters who are doing the amount of events that she's doing, who's caring about the amount of sports that she's caring about. It's not just college football, the NBA, women's college basketball, men's college basketball. It's softball. It's gymnastics. It's women's volleyball. She does it all. And she does it with a passion bucket that's full and with a drive that's insatiable. You know, before the ceremony, I was here talking to people who worked with her. And Kate Jackson from ESPN, who's in charge of their projection, talking about how how it stands out that she is always amped or pumped up about an event, no matter what it is. It could be third grade lacrosse. And I'm sure if you put Holly Rowe on that game, she would motivate herself that this is the biggest event happening in the world right now. And she would try to tell those stories as impactful, as in-depth, as she would the WNBA Finals. I remember meeting her for the first time in person. She came on the podcast. And, you know, I'm taking her for granted because she should be on the podcast every single week. But, like, I remember meeting her for the first time after I had done the podcast with her. Meeting her the first time at Media Day for the Jazz in 20... This has to be 2021. And she had just covered the WNBA finals the night before. 
and she was in sitting down as pumped as anybody else ready for jazz media day to go on first one that she would ever do to meet these players and i'm in awe because this is a 12-hour day this is a crazy amount of time this is a person that is driven by a passion for sports by passion for utah and the full circle moment of her being able to grow up in bountiful cheer on the jazz and ultimately work for the jazz that's goosebump stuff and you talk to the people who she's worked with we were able to interview rebecca lobo who is a legendary women's basketball player one of the first yukon stars you have doris burke and doris had done the women's final four with her national championship games many times over with holly rowe and for doris to call holly rowe the best teammate that she's ever worked with it's astounding to hear that replicated by other people that we talk to it's inspiration frankly because rebecca lobo said she was covering a Lynx game the wnba and Holly was coming back from cancer treatment, chemo. She showed up and delivered a great broadcast. She showed up and she was invested in telling the stories of the athletes that she was covering. I don't know if I could do that. This is a person who has gone through the highest of highs, so many Final Fours, so many big games, national championships, finals, you name it. And she's going through chemotherapy and is still going out there and covering sports and covering games and telling stories with the vigor of the first day that she walked into this business. And by the way, she's done it as a working mother. Met her son, McKaylin, who would join her at practices, who would be on a golf cart playing with his rock action figure because it's the scorpion king and he remembers vividly being at the minnesota vikings game where hundreds of vikings fans are pouring onto the field getting ready to shred this place apart they took down the goalpost, and there's mckylan Rowe on a golf cart playing with his action figures the scorpion king i get it my gamer tag is Reliable Scarab because of the Mummy franchise. But that sticks out in his mind because it's a great story of him, his mom, bonding on the road. He stuck around. I can't believe I get to call her a colleague, and I can't believe that now she's a Hall of Famer. But it's fitting. You look how respected she is in the industry, how connected she is to players how connected she is to coaches, how she just relates to people. Put her in any room with anybody and she can get to the the heart of you and the core of a person within like five minutes. It's amazing to watch. It's crazy that I get to see it day to day. And maybe I take it for granted, you know, because I see her so often and it's normal to see Holly Rowe covering a game. It's normal for everybody to watch a big game and see Holly Rowe. She's on the call. Of course she's on the call. 
It's a big game. It's on national television. It deserves somebody who's of that ilk. And now she's a Hall of Famer. The other Kurt Gowdy award winner, Mark Spears, said you know, he would hear reporters complained about the job, about covering basketball. And he wouldn't like that because ultimately, like the check clears the 1st and the 15th and you get to cover basketball. You will never hear him complain about being able to cover basketball. She's an amazing teammate. She's a great mother. She's a great broadcaster. She is devoted to promoting women's sports, the women's game of basketball. Her and the WNBA are inextricably linked. And her transition to the NBA has been fun to watch. Admittedly, she doesn't jump in knowing everything about the league. She's willing to ask questions. And she's willing to go outside of her comfort zone to try and uncover something. She brings a really fresh perspective to covering the jazz. Something I don't think, you know, many people on the beat provide, many people covering the team provide. And that uniqueness is her strength. I left super inspired. I tell people all the time, it's a joke that I have this job. It's a joke that I get to go to the Hall of Fame and see any of these people. It's a joke you get to talk to them. And it's a joke that Holly Rowe is a broadcaster for the Utah Jazz. How did we get so lucky? How did how did Utah get so lucky that one of the best broadcasters of her generation grew up 15, 20 minutes away from the arena? Holly Rowe is a sports broadcasting giant. She is an inspiration to little girls, women, athletes, boys, men. She's an inspiration to everyone for her strength, for her talent, for just being her. You ask someone what they want to do, who they want to be when they get started in this business, and if they're a woman, 99% of the time they're going to say Holly Rowe. They say, I want to be the next Holly Rowe. That's because of the example she set, barrier she's broken, the road she's paved, and the hard work she's done. Jazz are lucky to have her. Utah's lucky to have her. I'm lucky to call her a colleague. Holly Rowe. I'm excited for tomorrow. Players, teams, coaches, they get acknowledged. Springfield, Mass. I'll be there. See how it goes. Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz.
Travelogue Day 2 at the Hall of Fame after a night that I will never forget being in the room for that one. Dwayne Wade, what a representation for the Miami Heat, for his family, for his dad. What a moment to bring him up to the stage and say that they're both in the Hall of Fame. I can't believe he did that. He recognized so many people in his life, from Carmelo Anthony to Quentin Richardson to Udonis Haslam. His speech was the last of the night. It was emotional. It made you cry. It broke Udonis Haslam, the toughest person in the NBA, the epitome of heat culture, the pinnacle for that franchise, broke him down and got him crying. And it was such a love letter not only to basketball, but to where he grew up. Think of Dwayne's story, because it's remarkable. He is one of one, and, and these all these Hall of Famers are. It was an awesome event to highlight all their stories from 1976, the women's Olympic basketball team. A great fun fact from that, from the speeches, was that Lucy Harris, dominant Lucy Harris, was the leading scorer and scored the first point for that team. And Dwayne made sure to shout those women out because of the importance, the significance, how it set the road for women's basketball. It makes sense because he supports it. He's involved with the Chicago Sky. But Dwayne's story, it's one that begins in Chicago with a mom who selflessly allows her son to be raised by his father. And his dad takes him to the courts and teaches him how to play alongside men. And Dwayne uses that to earn a scholarship at Marquette. And he's a guy that when his sophomore year, he finds out he's going to be a father. He has to take loans out just to get diapers. He leads his team to the Final Four. Marquette, a program that has only seen success under Al McGuire, Rick Majerus, and he brings them back to the pinnacle. And for anyone with that as the ending, it is a perfect cap on a life and a successful basketball career. But that's not where it stops for Dwayne Wade. He gets drafted by the Miami Heat. He's coached by Stan Van Gundy and gets indoctrinated under Pat Riley's organization of Heat culture. The Heat crew stood out so much during this weekend. You could see all the threes. You could see all the red. You could hear the let's go heat in the building. That's the one thing that I missed on night one was the fact that it was more industry people for that event. This one had some fans in the building. And the fans were interrupting, yelling and shouting and hooping and hollering for Dwayne, for Dirk, for Powell, for all these guys. They all had fans in the building. There was a huge Texas contingent for San Antonio, for Dallas. But Dwayne had his crew. They broke out into a Let's Go Heat chant, and he appreciated it. Like his connection to that city, to South Florida, to make that region a basketball. Before him, it was all Dolphins. And now you can definitely see 
It's more heat. It's all heat. It's Spolstra. It's Udonis. It's Alonzo Mourning. Pat Riley. Mickey Arison. All of the people that have created one of the best sustaining organizations is remarkable. And so I think of how much of an impact Wayne has had on one city and how he can impact Utah and how he's already impacted Utah. His perspective with Ryan Smith, how he offers such a fresh pair of eyes to the organization and how it can treat players and how it can make it a destination when you're drafted, when you're signing in free agency. I don't think the Heatles are coming to Salt Lake City. But I do think if you make it hospitable, if you correctly, if you have leadership involved that understands the needs of players, you can attract talent. Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck are a tremendous one-two. They are the top of the profession. But it's about establishing a culture. It's about getting people who have that drive and have that will that Dwayne had. He was awesome. I... I can't help but feel really bad for Will Hardy this weekend because he had to celebrate so many people and you can only devote so much time to each person. I don't know how he balanced it. I am amazed that he was able to be at this weekend and not have his head explode because he had Tony Parker. He had Becky Hammond, who he sat on the plane next to during their time in San Antonio when she was assistant coach. He had Greg Popovich, and he had Dwayne. He had a lot of people that he had to see and recognize, and of course, Holly Rowe, the day before. Like, he was all over the place. So I don't envy what he had to do, but I do envy the relationships. You know, Greg Popovich, during his speech, one of the most impactful of the entire night, said something really wise. The X's and the O's, they figure themselves out. He even brought up John and Carl running 70 pick and rolls under Jerry Sloan and it worked. And they, they won games. But it is about the relationships that he makes. Becky Hammond, during her speech, said she couldn't look at Greg Popovich because she would break down if she did. But she thanked him and she valued everything that Coach Pop did when nobody else would. She's a trailblazer. She's a badass woman. And now she's a Hall of Famer. But it wouldn't mean anything if she didn't have those relationships. Her kids, her family, her fellow assistant coaches, her players, all those people. I'll leave you with the message that Coach Pop sent to Becky Hammond when she was getting ready to coach the Spurs Summer League one that she won. She won the championship of the Summer League. But as she was getting ready, and I'm sure everybody feels doubt when they're put in these situations. You feel imposter syndrome. Why am I here? Why am I in the building watching the Hall of Fame? You wonder how to do these jobs, and you wonder how anybody does these jobs. But the advice that Pop gave Coach Hammond was a simple text. Just be you. You're going to do great.